Hi, I'm Neil Ronahan from Pencilbit.com, and we have another developer special, this time with Big John Games. And right now we have the president of Big John Games, Ken Patterson, and we also have technical director of Pixelbit.com, Nick DeMola. So, uh, Ken, say hello. Hello. This is kind of fun. I, we've never done anything quite like this before. <laughs> Excellent. That's, uh, that's always good to hear. Uh, I, 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 I feel like I still haven't really done anything like this before, but I've done it a couple times at this point, so getting my, uh, my, my uh, I guess, uh, my little uh, floats off in the podcasting world. <laughs> Those little orange floaty things you put on your arms? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that I can soon take them off and feel safe. Right now I take them off and I'm still a little scared, but yeah. we'll see how that <laughs> goes. But uh, So Big John Games, you guys are from uh, Minnesota, where um, unfortunately that's also the state of a football team that I'm not too fond of right now. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Well, that's fine. I'm uh, our lead developer, Matt Heinzen, is a Green Bay Pack- Packer fan, that, too, and he's, he's wearing a number uh, 12 jersey sitting right next to me. Yes! So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous for them. To, we're recording on Monday, <laughs> which uh, there's a Monday night football game between the Vikings and the Packers, and it, it should be fun. And I hope it will be fun in my favor, though. Yeah, we're, we're well aware <laughs> of that and want to make uh, want to be able to be there. So, um, Yeah, no, in Minnesota we, uh, we, we respect the Wisconsin Cheeseheads, and uh, we, we have dual families here, so we have to be very careful. <laughs> well, alright, now, now let's uh, I guess let's actually talk about video games. Um, you're the president of Big John Games, which uh, you guys just released Thorium Wars on DSiWare, and uh, I'm, I'm not too sure about your guys' past. I know you did Spitfire Heroes, but past that, I'm a little cloudy on how you guys formed and your origins and everything, so if you want to go on about that, go for it. Sounds good. We've actually been building video games for 20 years. Um, Awesome. We started out on the PC and uh, did a lot of work with Disney, uh, creating the Print Studio line. Uh, If anyone remembers uh, the Lion King Print Studios and the 101 Dalmatians Print Studios, I, I was a okay. child among those times, so I, I do remember those. Yep. Was, I don't think I was. I don't think I was cognizant of who made that, but I remember those. Well, they were very careful to make sure that we were the smallest print in the manual. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that, uh, we went on to uh, create a very large product with uh, Disney called Nightmare Ned, um, which was a really fun platforming game. Uh, we actually incorporated a lot of music. I think it was. Uh, maybe the first and last musical video game ever made. So, but <laughs> oh, wow. it, was, it was a lot of fun, and, and we really enjoyed building. And you can, you can go to YouTube and look up Nightmare Ned and, and see a bunch of our old work, which is kind of fun. Awesome. Uh, in the meantime, we uh, also created a heck of a lot of fishing games. And uh, uh, we created uh, Trophy Bass uh, for uh, Vivendi. And a couple years ago, we, they reprised the Dynamix product and hired us to build it. It was our sixth and seventh uh, fishing titles. We, <laughs> For some reason, we're really good at making fishing titles. Um, created a PC version and an Xbox version. And we kind of got excited about the DS and uh, kind of had some uh, ability to create the games on our own and seek co-publishing deals uh, with... Uh, you know, different publishers. So we were able to create uh, Spitfire Heroes and, and get a co-publishing deal with uh, Destineer. Uh, we were going to do the same thing with Thorium Wars. Uh, it was created as a cartridge game and a full-feature cartridge game. But with the 
economy of 2008 and the Christmas of 2008 and the difficulty with shelf space, um, our, the publishers, Destineer and a lot of other larger publishers, loved the game but didn't feel there was an audience for the title, which left us uh, with nobody to move the game to a cartridge. Um, okay. So we then uh, decided to uh, put Thorium Wars uh, onto the DSi service, and uh, you know, it was a the game was built as a full cartridge game, and we're able to compress and do a really good job of making sure the game would fit onto the DSi service without limiting any sort of play value. So did you t- did you take anything out of, of Thorium Wars when you moved it to DSiWare, yeah. or Matt, did, did the entire game remain intact? Matt will be able to expand on that a little bit more, but we were able to... Right. We, we took out... The, the two main things is we did take out uh, multiplayer. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about the uh, the multiplayer in Spitfire Heroes. It just, it's one of those ones where everyone needs a cartridge, and yep. it, it wasn't exactly a uh, super popular game. I've... I've haven't heard really a lot of bad things about it, but I've heard that well, had really the multiplayer good, would be great. It would have really good dog everyone fighting. Everyone had the game. Yep, and it had very good dog fighting, and we actually yeah. improved on the uh, we actually improved on that model for uh, for Thorium Wars. But uh, again, as as wanting to get it out and not have a long uh, multiplayer games take a lot longer in testing. Yeah, and uh, we did, and as far as trimming, we did take off a few levels but I, it doesn't affect the gameplay because there's still many hours of gameplay in the in Thorium Wars as it stands right now so now was DSiWare uh, like a just a convenient timing as far as that goes cuz I know that uh, like 2008 2009 season that's about when we started learning about DSiWare it was just like kind of all came together for you at one time and you you guys were able to make a clean uh, kind of split to DSiWare well being an independent uh, uh, developer, um, we had the property, we owned the property. So, um, with the uh, reluctance of the big publishers to put it out in cartridge, it was very convenient for us to have uh, DSiWare available. It was a, a very good thing for Nintendo to put in place for uh, you know for us independent developers. So yes, it was a little bit convenience, but we also feel that. You know, um, as far as the service went, watching the service, we feel like we've delivered a really good meaty product to a service that's in need of a little bit of meat. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the DSiWare to this point has been pretty much ruled by puzzle games, so your game's kind of uh, one of the first of more yeah, full-featured uh, games. It's the first uh, 1,000, I guess, what is it, Nintendo points at this point? It's not Wii points anymore, obviously, but it's uh, the first $10 game on the service as far as I know. Yes, and, and that, that comes from the fact that we were... Yeah, and I, I, I downloaded the game prior to this. I, I played the first two missions at this point, and really, I mean, it it looks fantastic, especially when you consider that it's a it's a downloadable game, and I expected that it would take up a lot of space on it, but I guess you guys compressed it amazingly, because I think uh, it's about 90 blocks, which I know on the DSiWare, I think, because I had to move stuff around, like uh, the Mario vs. Donkey Kong game is over 100... Um, I think one of the art style games is around 90, so that's that's amazing that you compress something that looks that good into uh, you know less than 90 blocks of Nintendo's artificial space. Well, we have a really incredible team here, and and we did uh, Matt will 
get more into what the tricks we did to compress. Now, remember, cartridges <laughs> don't give you an awful lot of space either, so we had already yeah. been working on on compressing the technology to make it fit onto the cartridges. So, it, it, again, it was the right product at the right time for us. So, And, again, thank you so much for the comments. We, we're really, you know, we really think we've done something good for the DS, not just DSiWare. I think it's a, yeah. a high-quality product, and we, we chose DSiWare uh, to deliver the product, plus it's people, $10 is not going to require... Um, people have to pay a lot. If it was on a cartridge, they'd be paying double or triple. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's just, oh, go ahead, Neil. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, I was just going to ask, now that DSiWare is kind of out there and you guys have done your first game, does this really open up like a new venue for you guys so that you don't have to deal with publishers and can kind of strike off on your own and make the games that you guys want to make? Is that is is DSiWare affording you that opportunity? That is absolutely correct. We have uh, we have other games that are in various stages of development that we will be putting onto DSiWare. We also have some WiiWare titles. So, uh, okay. At this point, um, we're going to focus on the downloadable uh, distribution platforms and publish ourselves. We've been uh, uh, fortunate in having strong titles to bring to it and. Um, uh, figuring out how to let the world know and that's that's been uh really i mean this just this podcast is an example of that of getting the word out that we've built a good game and it's anybody can buy it 24 7 and download it and play it and it you know it costs ten dollars which is not not an arm and a leg yep absolutely absolutely now now you talked about earlier how uh like uh you Big John Games really took to the DS, and obviously you're focusing on both WiiWare and DSiWare. Is there any reason why you're not going for, like, uh, Xbox Live Arcade or the PlayStation Network or even the PSP or anything along those lines? Is it just a personal preference, or is there something else? We are Xbox developers. I mean, we created Trophy Bass uh, for Xbox. Um, We have not done anything on Sony. Um, There's one thing that Nintendo affords developers like ourselves... Um, and that's the ability to create something. And basically, as long as we don't break any guidelines at Nintendo, they will accept our submissions. And so we okay. can start. They they allow a lot of creative freedom. Uh, Microsoft and Sony, um, you have to submit, uh, you know, your idea to them, and then they have to kind of give it a yay or a nay, and they can shut it down at any time. So. Nintendo has really allowed us a lot of freedom and creativity, and we've got a staff of very creative people, and I, I, I do like that very much. Yeah, because I know, I know usually uh, you hear, uh, I guess, a mixture of things from both of them. I know I've heard from some uh, publishers and developers that Nintendo can be hard to work with, and I've heard uh, the same for every other company as well. <laughs> we've, had great, we've had a great relationship with Nintendo, and I, I don't expect it to get... You know, any I expect it to be excellent all the way. So so far, we've really enjoyed working with. Excellent. Nintendo. Would you like to talk more about the game, and I could pass this to Matt. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's uh, let's, let's definitely that. get into Thor. Well, more. well, I guess uh, right before you go, um, all right. In the, in the future, are you going to continue to do like these kind of dog fighting games, or are you going to branch out to different genres? And if so, do you want to tease anything about that, or is that all under wraps right now? Um. 
I think it's weird. We've got a variety of games to appeal to a, a large audience, but we really are having fun creating these uh, shoot 'em up, <laughs> blow 'em ups right now. We're we're getting good at it. Excellent. All right, I'm going to pass the the All right. system. It was it was it was great talking to you, oh, Ken. It was, it was yeah, thanks. Really great talking to you guys too. Thank you. Hi there, guys. Hey, Matt. Yes. Go pack, go. I'm right with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you are what? What exactly is your position? You're the lead am, designer for Thorium. Yeah, Thorium lead, Wars? lead developer, um, and for Thorium Wars, I was also uh, a concept creator. Okay, awesome. Right. So I guess we'll we'll start off by uh, tell us about the world of Thorium Wars. Okay, well the uh, the basic storyline is uh, is pretty pretty straightforward. It's something you've we've kind of seen before in uh, in your sci-fi post-apocalyptic. Um, movies or stories, it's basically we have a world that has developed uh, this thorium-based technology. Thorium is a radioactive element that can use power, power nuclear uh, reactors. Um, in the future of thorium wars, the, uh, these reactors power all technology. Um, civilization has advanced to the point where uh, people are mostly peaceful, don't need weapons, haven't, aren't fighting wars, um, until at some point uh, this rogue robotics company decides to develop an army of machines to try to take over the world seeing an opportunity to uh, fight against a civilization that has put away its weapons and uh, these machines break free from the control of their human masters and uh, start to take over the entire world and so humanity uh, starts to develop its own weapons to fight back and that's where the point uh, that the player enters the story is that human humanity is starting to regroup with its own weapons and its own armies and are fighting back against these armies of enemy machines. Excellent. Okay. Uh, so I was going to ask, uh, what what kind of team are you working with for Thorium Wars? Uh, like, how many people are you, and um, where's your you know main focus? Do you have a lot of graphics? <laughs> Is it uh, you know like concept people? Um, has your team broken up? Well, the uh, the main team of people that that worked on this game was basically three people. It's myself. Um, I created the the concept. I did most of the uh, kind of preliminary level design, high level level design, and I was the sole programmer. Uh, and then we have two artists that worked on the game. Our art director did the majority of the environmental art. Uh, taking the, the rough pencil sketches that I created for some of the levels and turning them into the environments that are in the game. And we have another artist that did mainly the uh, vehicle and enemy uh, artwork. Okay, well... And, uh, and then the uh, uh, most of the sound and music design was um, uh, basically contracted out. Um, so... Okay. Um, yeah, we were talking with Ken earlier about how um, this was originally a retail release for DS. Was there anything that was taken out in the transfer to DSiWare outside of the multiplayer? Uh, we scaled back the scope of the game just a little bit. Uh, partly was just uh, an issue of development time. We felt uh, the game had been in development for about a year and a half, um, so we had to scale back the number of missions we wanted to put in the game a little bit. And uh, then there was a the multiplayer, but but not a whole lot. It's uh, the total size of the game. Um, you talked about the block size. It's actually 112 blocks on the DSi. It's about a 14 megabyte game, and it was originally planned for 
a 16 megabyte uh, DS cartridge. So we didn't actually scale a lot back in terms of content or in terms of uh, you know, textures, music, that sort of thing. Okay. Now, does any of the programming or anything like that change from DS development to DSi word development? Are you pretty much working with the same interfaces and architecture? It's it's almost identical. We didn't, uh, for this sort of game, we didn't take advantage of things like the camera or the facial recognition features. Um, the architecture of the DSi, other than the, that additional hardware, is, is almost identical. You have, uh, but you have twice as fast of a processor and four times as much memory. Memory was actually never an issue for us um, in terms of uh, the main program memory. Um, it's always nice to have a faster processor. The the game originally ran at 60 frames per second on the on a standard DS, with only occasional places where it had to drop down to 30 frames per second uh, due to a large number of enemies, lots of action going on. On the DSi, it runs at a 100% of the time at, at 60 frames per second because of that extra boost in processing power. But but otherwise, the uh, the programming really didn't have to change at all, which is nice. No. Now, where did you get, uh, as far as like with the gameplay with the dog fighting, where did you or where where are your influences influences with that? Like, I know uh, when I was I, I downloaded the game earlier and I started playing it, I'm, I just got past the second mission, and it kind of gives me a Star Fox vibe. But that's probably more of just because I'm a former staffer at Nintendo World Report, and that's kind of my dog fighting expertise is Star Fox. But uh, what other games have, were you influenced by with Thorium Wars? Well, um. When we started coming up with the concept of what games we should be developing, one of the things we looked at is we had just completed Spitfire Heroes, which was our World War II air combat game for the DS. And one of the things we wanted to do is, in thinking of not only would be a, what would be a good concept for a game for us to create, but what can we do to take advantage of some of the code that we've already written. And so for we had code for an air combat game, and I thought it would be uh, a natural extension of that to turn it into a multi-vehicle game. So we, we kept some of the air combat core that you see in the first mission and, and some of the other missions later on, but we added uh, mechanics for other vehicles. We had tanks and hovercrafts and starfighters. Yeah. Um, so that was a big influence. As far as some of the external influences, um, one game I looked at that I had played back on Nintendo GameCube was uh, would be... Uh, um, uh, Rogue Squadron 2, Rogue Leader, that sort uh, the same sort of feel where you have kind of a choice of some different uh, vehicles to fly in each of your missions, and uh, you basically have various objectives in each mission. And you do a lot of shooting, uh, and uh, and that was a that was a fairly heavy influence. Now, uh, what did you learn from uh, developing Spitfire Heroes and then uh, taking it to Thorium, taking at least part of the concept of Thorium Wars? Did you improve the dogfighting in any way? Uh, I would say we definitely made some improvements. The dogfighting, the dogfighting mechanics um, were probably the most advanced part of uh, Spitfire Heroes, so there wasn't a lot we felt we had to improve there. Um, some of the other areas that we attacked were um, making greater diversity of gameplay uh, through the different vehicles and different types of environments. Um, that was another reason for going with more of the the sci-fi futuristic uh, setting for the game is that it gave us a lot more in terms of creative freedom. We could create the environments and the enemies and the vehicles that we wanted that we felt were best suited towards gameplay rather than trying to model some sort of uh, historical reality. Um, we did a little bit of... Uh, the, the difficulty is maybe toned down a little. One thing that... Uh, 
uh, probably the biggest criticism we had with Spitfire Heroes is that it was fairly difficult, especially um, some of the earlier levels were maybe more difficult than they needed to be. So um, we kind of revamped uh, the difficulty, both in terms of uh, just how tough the enemies are, also in terms of the level design where we went with a, um, a checkpoint system so that you can... If you get stuck on a certain point of a level, you're not forced to go back and redo all the other parts. Yeah, of the that, level that, that has saved my ass already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, is Thorium Wars a game that, um, you know, obviously I haven't had a chance to play it yet, um, and it just came out today. Um, is it a concept, though, that you see, like, a sequel coming to, or um, maybe expanding the universe and, and doing something else with that? Uh, or is this kind of going to be, like, the first and last of the Thorium Wars series, so to speak? Uh, we definitely have some ideas uh, for sequels and some ideas for things that, uh, you know, when you come up, w when it's time to start uh, coming up with game concepts and it's just a big brainstorming session, you come up with a whole lot of ideas. And in a lot of cases, some of the ideas just aren't that good and get dropped. Other ideas are good, but there's a limit to the amount of time you have to put them all into a single game. And there were definitely ideas right. that we had that uh, we didn't get around to this time that would be worth exploring in, in future games. There were certain vehicles that we would like to put in. Uh, we would like to do some more things with some of the weapon systems, um, some capabilities for customizing your vehicles between going into each battle. These are things that we didn't have in Thorium Wars, but that could definitely fit into a sequel. Um, most of the action on Thorium Wars takes place either on Earth or in a near solar system in some of the later levels. And uh, there's definitely some ideas we have for expanding that farther out into the galaxy, some even more exotic terrains um, and uh, Very cool. situations, yes. Now, I know you just mentioned that there are some ideas you had to drop. Are there any that you could maybe share with us that, uh, you know, good, bad, or otherwise that you guys just didn't wind up including? Well, we had uh, one idea was for doing a, a branching mission structure, something a little bit along the lines of, of Star Fox. Um, sure. Originally, when we kind of sketched out the idea, we thought if we could do like 20 to 25 missions, um, that would work pretty well, and then we could put some choices into which, which missions you do after completing certain missions. Um, in the end, we went with missions that were a little bit longer, but we had the, the total number was 12, and we felt with 12 missions, uh, it's a pretty solid number of missions for a game like this, but not so many that we want the player to be able to branch through and uh, and skip some of the missions. So right. that would be a possibility to explore in a future game, but uh, but we just decided not to go that direction in this case. Now, you you had to take multiplayer out of Thorium Wars just because of the, you know, the move to DSiWare. Um or at least I assume that's the reason why. Um, would you ever consider maybe having like a uh, a multiplayer only DSiWare release so that way you could continue having multiplayer maybe over over like the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection or something along those lines? Well, it's definitely a possibility. We think that there is definitely uh, a lot of potential in a in a Thorium Wars multiplayer game. The fact that we have this variety of vehicles and the variety of different environments means that we could come up with a lot of interesting scenarios. Um, we could have uh, multiplayer arenas where you could have gunboats that are fighting against jet fighters and uh, interesting combinations like that. So there, there's definitely potential in the idea, and and uh, depending on uh, depending on how well Thorium does, we can that might be something we look at in the future. Awesome, very cool. 
All right. Well, uh, any anything else to add, Nick? Um, I'm sure you probably can't share any upcoming uh, ideas you guys have, but it would be great if you, you maybe give us an insight of uh, anything. I know you guys are on DSiWare and WiiWare. Um, do you have any retail releases planned at all, or is it you know pretty much just going straight downloadable? Um, going forward i guess yeah for this at this point we are happy with going with the downloadable games we don't have any uh, it's always a possibility that we'll go back to to retail but uh, at at this point we we like where we're at with uh, the downloadable services okay fair enough fair enough um yeah that's uh, that's all i got and it sounds great and i'm looking forward to playing the game a little bit later tonight so absolutely yeah, i'm definitely uh i'm Glad I got to pick it up before this because uh, I, I'm I'm pretty impressed with it. It looks really nice and it was it was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. We appreciate it. And I still got a ways to go. Nice to do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any any last things you want to add? Um, yeah, I think that uh, I don't. Know, I think we covered it pretty well. All right. Excellent. Well, um, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you later about whatever you guys do next. I know I'm definitely interested in that, and uh, I guess. On behalf of Pixelbit.com and Nick and myself, thank you for coming on and talking to us about Thorium Wars and Big John Games. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. All right. Well, yeah, uh, well, best of luck to you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I hope you guys uh, see the success you're looking for with Thorium Wars. Uh, it looks like you guys have put in a lot of effort. So. Oh, we have. It's uh, it's it's yeah. been kind of a long process, but we're very excited to have it released. Great. Excellent.